Well, we are in our brand new series, Maker. Maker. I'm excited about this series. I'm partnering with one of, um, one of the keynote speakers in the Waikato for the Creation Ministry International, CMI. We're partnering with them. In fact, his name is Mike Cook. He's one of our elders here, and he, he kind of gets invited around different churches around, around the Waikato, and he's, and he's speaking on creation. And I thought to myself, Mike, you know, you should be speaking in your own church. So we've got the series. We're partnering with them. He's going to be talking about the sciencey side of things, and I'll, I'll leave that for the more sciencey type of person. When it when, I, when it comes to science for me, it's more like Star Wars and Star Trek, okay? So that's me. So when I'm that, and Doctor Who, okay? That's where I'll go. That's where my, as far as my science goes. But, but when it comes to, to the, this, this concept of the maker, this is what this whole series is about. We're going to be diving into this. What, is, what does it look like? And do we have a maker? Is, you know, have we been designed by an intelligent being? Or have we just simply been, have we just simply evolved? We just came, came out of some slimy gook that just, just kind of became a person. Is, is that what happened? Because you know what? If, if we just evolved, then we don't need church. In fact, when it comes to purpose, I can, we don't really have purpose. My purpose really is to be born, eat my lunch, and then die. That's it, right? So what do you believe? <laughs> yeah, come on, eat lunch. That's all it takes. You know, that's one of the, you know, one of the greatest gifts God has ever given us. Do you know what it is? Taste buds. Taste buds. <laughs> Praise God for taste buds. Anyway, let's carry on. Who loves food? Anybody else love food? Yeah. Come on, come on. Yeah, I know, I better start jogging. Okay. But I remember this little girl comes up to her dad and goes, Dad, Dad, wh- where do we come from? And the dad goes, Well, we come from Adam and Eve. Then the little girl's kind of puzzled. She, she goes, But, but mum, mum said that we, we come from apes. Then the dad kind of smiles, Well, you see, dear, I told you my side of the family, and your mother told you her side of the family, okay? So, I don't know, what do you believe this morning? What side of the family do you come from? I don't know where I come from. Come on, come on, you know? <laughs> because honestly, you know, are we just some, um, are we just some cosmic accident? You know, no purpose. Purpose is whatever I make. And if, there is, if, if purpose is whatever I make, therefore, I make all the rules. Morality, I choose what morality is. Really, I don't have to listen to any rules because there really is no meaning. But if God is my maker, if I have an intelligent designer, all of a sudden, all of a sudden my life has value. My life has meaning. There's accountability. Therefore, God makes the rules. Come on, what do you believe this morning? Well, look, honestly, when it comes to evolution, we kind of go to school and we, 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 we believe in evolution by faith when we go to school because we have to trust what we hear is true. And when it, honestly, when it comes to evolution, there are some important pieces missing to piece this juggernaut called evolution, called evolution together, but important pieces are missing. But however, evolutionists will still tell you, well, you know what, even though we're missing important pieces, there's enough pieces around for us to suggest that, according to our theories, that evolution is true. In fact, it's fact, and, and we shouldn't worry. So it's kind of weird, because and when you think about it, to believe in evolution, you need to have faith. Faith that these missing pieces are true, what these scientists are saying. Faith that their theories are correct. It's kind of weird, because therefore it makes evolution a religion. Makes it a religion. Where do you place your faith? Because I, I, I understand, because it's so easy for us to believe in evolution, because therefore, therefore, it doesn't really matter what I do. 
right? I can just do whatever I want. I, no, no accountability, no responsibility. But what we believe is that we have a maker. We have a God who loves you. That you were born, you weren't just born to eat your lunch, go home, go to sleep, or get up, eat someone else's lunch the next day. You, <laughs> that's not your purpose. But God had designed you, designed you with purpose and meaning. In fact, if we want to understand, I mean, if, and if we have meaning, we have, so therefore, the question I want to ask is, then why, did, why am I here? Why did God create me? Why me? Why now? And to answer that question, we have to go way back, way back to when God first created us in the Word of God in the book of Genesis. So if you've got your Bible, turn with me to Genesis. It's really interesting. When, when God created us, it, it, um, when you read the Genesis account, it's, it suggests that, that God did three things that, that tells us what our soul is all about, that we all have a soul. And in Genesis, it, it, it suggests what it's all about. And the first thing that God did uh, was that he gave man intelligence. He gave man an intellect. Did you know that? Is there any intelligent people in this room today? Come on. Does anybody know how to spell your name? If you can spell your name, you are intelligent. Well done. Ants. A-N-T-Z. Or was it S? Anyway. <laughs> we are intelligent beings. You know, in fact, and to show, to show our intelligence, what God did, he, 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 made, he gave man the, the awesome responsibility of naming all the animals. And so the animals came by, a bird came flying by, and Adam said, bird. He said, bird. Right, because English was the original language. Bird. <laughs> okay. But you know what's really interesting? He could have said, flappy thing. Flappy thing. In fact, a giraffe came by. He went giraffe. He could have said, long neck thing. He didn't say that. He said, giraffe. <laughs> you know? And then a cat, a, cat, a cat came by. And God goes, wait a minute. I didn't create those. Oh, no. Just kidding. Just... No, God, God. We love cats. God created cats. They're awesome. They're awesome. It's just that sometimes they believe they're God. But anyway... I lo- if you're a cat lover in there, I love cats. They're, they're great. They're great. Just as long as they're not on my lap or with me. Just, no, just kidding. Okay, kidding. Um, they, they taste pretty good. Anyway, let's go back. They taste pretty good too. <laughs> Where am I? Oh, yes. Why am I here? Right. He created us with, with intellect. Because he, he, he created us with intellect and a mind so that we may know God. That's why he's created us as intelligent beings, so that we may know God and enjoy God forever. This is, this is why you were created, to know God. And the second thing God did, he, honestly, one of the best things that God ever did, he gave man woman. And when Adam was created, when, when Adam saw Eve, he was like, whoa, man. And this is where you get woman from. And he created woman, so, and so man was able to to, to share in his compassion, oh, it's just kind of sinking there, right? It's just, just dropping, it's dropping. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you should hear my, my wedding sermons. That's great. Um, if you need, if you want to get married, I do have, I can offer my services. Um, and so, and so, and so he created a woman. So, so man had this capacity to learn to love and, and to appreciate. So when God designed you, he designed you to love God and also to know God. And the third thing that God did, he put a tree of pro, uh, prohibition into the garden, a tree where, 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 uh, where man was not allowed to eat the forbidden fruit. Okay, it wasn't an apple, okay? So iPhones are okay. Okay, it wasn't an apple. It was a fruit. I've heard some, um, some blasphemy that it was an apple, but it wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, let's carry on. The man should not eat of this fruit. 
And the reason why God put this tree in the garden was so that man could exercise his ability of free will. Free will to obey or disobey God. He created us with a will we can choose to obey God or not. So when God created you, He created you with a mind to know God. He created, he created you with an emotion to love God. And He created you with a will where you can choose to, um, to love God or not. That's how God created you. Then, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this alien force began to invade the territory of a man called the devil. And, be, and, and, and began to, to convince the creature to go independent of the Creator. And if, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. And we can begin to see this creature called the devil, which began to, to turn the, the creature against the Creator. Genesis 3, verse 1 says this, Now the serpent was more crafty, more cunning, than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, you must not eat from the tree in the garden. So how did the devil convince man to go independent of the creator? He did so by sowing doubt. Sowing doubt within mankind. Did God really say? Did God really create you? Are you really good enough for God? Has God truly forgiven you? You know, are you really a good mom? Are you really a good dad? Are you really a good husband? Are you really a good wife? The devil began to sow, sow doubt and began to rob man of purpose, to change the original design of God, because God designed you so he can begin to, to take habitation within your life and give you purpose and meaning. And the devil began to strip away that and take away, your, um, take away from your mind the ability to know God and to strip away your love towards God and begin to, ch uh, to change your will to disobey God. And in doing so, he robbed you of your purpose. So today, church, I want to talk, talk about taking back our purpose. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's time to take back my purpose. It's time to take back my purpose. Come on. And I really want to talk about a, a man in the Bible who did exactly that. He took back his purpose. In fact, he's a well-known hero in the Bible, and he's probably one of your heroes in the Bible. You might even have a poster of him up on your wall. On the way to church, you started discussing with each other, with your family, about this well-known hero. We should be like this person. He's such a man of God. And that well-known hero, his name is Shamgar. Shamgar. You're kind of looking at me like, Sham who? Shamgar? Sounds cool, doesn't it? Shamgar. Just name your kid. If you have a son, name him Shamgar. Okay, Shamgar. Okay. And, and, and the reason why you're kind of looking at me with blank looks on your face, and you probably have no idea who Shamgar is, because it's really interesting, because the whole story, the whole life of Shamgar is found in one verse in the Bible. And it's so easy for us to overlook that verse, because it seems so insignificant, doesn't it? One verse. So easy for us to overlook Shamgar. Let me ask you, have you ever been overlooked? Because God doesn't overlook you. And God certainly did not overlook Shamgar. In fact, God purposely chose for Shamgar to be recorded in our history books of the Word of God. Shamgar is right up there with Moses, Abraham, David, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter. Shamgar 
is right there. If God didn't overlook Shamgar, come on, we shouldn't either. So today, we're going to be looking at Shamgar. And I really want to tell you that, I'm really, I'm really here to tell you that after hearing this message about Shamgar, you will never have to question why you are here for the rest of your life. After hearing this message, you're never going to have to question why you're here. In fact, one day when we're in heaven, you're going to run up to me, you're going to give me a big hug. You can say, thank you so much for delivering that message that Sunday morning. Come on. Thank you. You're welcome. And if you want to hear, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read from this life-changing verse. It changed my life. It's so powerful. I'm sure it will change your life. So here we go. Judges chapter 3, verse 31. Here's the life-changing verse. After Ehud came, Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad. He too saved Israel. That's right. And you're like, that's it? I'll tell you what, there is so much in here. I'm so excited to share from this verse. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we sh- I shared about Jeth- uh, Jephthah, and, and I, was, I thought, you know what, I should just read the book of, book of Judges. And I was reading the book of Judges, and God just couldn't, I could not get past verse 31. The whole life of, of, of Shamgar is in this verse. And then a couple of, couple of chapters over, it talks about Shamgar's, um, what the climate was in the time he lived. But it's fascinating. It's fascinating because when Shamgar lived, the Philistines had invaded the territories that God had given Israel. And Shamgar did not like it. He did not like it. So I would like to suggest to every believer in this room that we should do what Shamgar did. He joined the resistant movement. Come on, it's time for us to join the resistant movement. The Bible tells us to resist the devil and he will flee. Come on, church, it's time for us to resist the devil, join the resistant movement, because when we begin to join the resistant movement, then we can say, devil, I don't like what you're doing to my children. Get your hands off my kids. You know, if you want to see a, a mama or a dad get angry, do something to their kids. Come on, and you, you begin to see some fire. You know, I can say stuff about my kids, but if someone else says exactly what I said, how do you want to, you say, what, what do you say about my kid? You know, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you get this report from the teacher. He goes, how dare you say my, my kid isn't creative? I know he sits there and does nothing, but how do you say that? <laughs> My kid is creative. It's just that you can't teach. And, 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 and that's actually wrong because I know what it's like for teachers. Teachers do a great job. Let's carry on. Come on. We should do what Shamgar did. Let's join the resistance movement. The devil, I'm tired of what you're doing to my kids. I'm tired of what you're doing to my family. I'm tired of what you're doing to my friends. Come on. You have no place here. You have no divine right to set up territory in my life, and I'm taking back my purpose. And that's exactly what Shamgar did. And that's what we ought to do too. And what I love about Shanga, what I love what he did, he used what he had. That's how we started. He used what he had. So this is what you've got to do. You've got to use what you have. I found it's very difficult to use what you don't have. I don't know. Have you found it's hard to use what you don't have? But I love what, what, what Shamgar used because he had an ox code. You know what he used? He used an ox code. That's profound. I'm telling you, we're going deep this morning. But he used what he had. He had an ox code, but he used what he had. Moses had a rod, but he used it. David had a slingshot and five smooth stones, but he used it. Barnabas had some land, had a field out of town, but he used it. I mean, this little boy, he had like two fish and five loaves of bread, but he used it. See, my grandmother... She had a spot at the end of the bed. That's all she had, but she used it. Because that's where she would sit and she would pray. 
And I can imagine what my grandmother would pray. She'd say, she'll pray, Lord, if you see my, my boy going in a direction that he should not go, turn him around. Even if you have to break him, make him into a man that you've called him to be. She didn't have much, but she used it. She used it. See, that's a clue to living life. The clue to living life is to use what you have. See, I mean, Shamgar had enough sense to use what he had, and now it was an ox goad. Do you know what an ox goad is? It's basically a long, pointy stick. That's what an ox goad is, a long, pointy stick. Uh, and you know, and, and, um, you know what you use an ox goad for? You use an ox goad to goad an ox. I told you we're going deep this morning. <laughs> so here's, here's this farm. Here's a picture of this farm. This is the 1910s in the sugarcane fields of Venezuela. And here he, here's this farmer. He's got this one-handed plow pulled by oxen. And in his hand is an ox goad. And when the ox decides to disobey its master, you know, the, the farmer has a way of stimulating the ox to go in the right direction with an ox goad. And you know, God wants to do that for every single one of us to stimulate us to go in the right direction, even if it's going to break us. Young Lord, turn us around and make us in the people that you have called us and designed us to be. It's time for us to take back our purpose. It's time to say to the devil, you have no place, you have no divine uh, presence in the territory that God has given us. Use what you have. See, God has given everybody something. Everybody in this room, I'm telling you, every single one of you in this room has something. You've got to use what you have. See, God is our maker. He is, man, He knew what He was doing when He created you. Did you know that God even knows the number of hair that is on your head? I just kind of made it easier for God. You know, you are so unique. God is so creative that no one, no one else on this planet has the same fingerprint as you. No one else on this planet has the same kind of eye irises as you. In fact, each eye has a different eye, eye iris. Have a look at your eyes in the mirror. It's different. It's amazing. In fact, your ear is different. There's no one else has the same shaped ear as you. Come on, take a look at your ear. Have a look. It's different. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard looking at your ear. T take a look at your neighbor's ear. Have a look at the ear. Don't look too hard. There's something you, you might see something you don't like. But the thing is, the point is, God is so creative. He knew what he was doing when he created you. He really did. Have you ever heard of Richie McCaw? All the true Kiwis know who that is. Have you heard of Michael Jordan? <laughs> Have you heard of Shakespeare? See, all these men were the best in their field that had ever lived. But do you know what? You know what God did? God is so good. God is so good that he had arranged for me to be the best in the whole wide world in at least one area. And that is to be me. There's nobody better at being me than me. I am the greatest at being me. You can try to be me, but you'll just be some kind of imitation. But you can never be me. I mean, you can't do what I can do. Just like I can't do what you can do. You can't reach the people that I can reach. Just like I can't reach the people you can reach. God made you you, and he made you the best you there is. There is no one else like you. You were designed by an intelligent designer who loves you. You've been called to know God, to love God, and you have a will to choose to obey him. It's your choice. He loves you. But the devil wants to rob you of your purpose. He wants to rob you of God's design over your life. 
But how you take back what the devil has taken from you is you begin to use what you have. And I love Shemgar because not only did he use what he had, but he started right where he was. Do you know where he started? On his own farm. Do you know, do you know how I know that Shemgar started on his own farm? Do you know how I know that? It's because I don't know any other reason why he would have an ox goat in his hand. He certainly didn't have an ox goad. Uh, he certainly wasn't teaching in the, the ivory halls of education with an ox goad in his hand. He certainly wasn't in the military, otherwise he would have chosen some sophisticated weapon rather than a pointy stick. He certainly wasn't in the, in the halls of uh, political power. He wouldn't need an ox goad. He'd just have to just pass some kind of legislation. So uh, it's safe to say that Shamgar was on his own farm. Because he started where he was. He used what he had and he started where he was. There's real wisdom in that, to start where you are. I've learned a lesson over life that it's very difficult to start where you're not. Have you tried to start where you're not? I know so many people who want to start well over there. How about starting right over here? Because in order to get there, you got to start here. When I was growing up, I dreamt of becoming an all black. As you can see, I'm not an all black. <laughs> but a lot of Kiwis growing up dreamt of becoming an all black. Do you, do you know how you become an all black? You have to start really well where you are. You don't like, that's how, that's how, that's how you get there. You don't start off like, you know what? If, if and when they make me an all black, I'm going to show them what I've got. Now, actually, no, show us what you got right here. Right where you are. In the clubs. Not the douche douche clubs, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know these young people these days. <laughs> but in the rugby clubs, in the junior clubs, the junior start right, start well where you are. That's how you become an all black. You start learning the principles right where you are. Learn the disciplines right where you are. And when you do that, if you continue doing that all your life, then you might become an all black. But you've got to start well where you are. If you want to speak to thousands of people, start with one. Start where you are. Use what you have. Start where you are. So when you understand the military climate, or when you understand the history of, of, of throughout those parts of the world, even in today, they would station um, men two by two in the military. So Israel was kind of like, under Philistine rule and, and there was like a curfew going on. There was curfew um, points right around the streets in Israel at that time. And they would post people two by two. So Judges chapter 5 verse 6 tells us, in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. Travelers took to windy paths. So people had to take the back roads because there was a curfew. You couldn't travel on the streets. So you know when these soldiers who were stationed two by two, these alien um, who the alien forces who had invaded the territories of God, these, these alien forces invaded the territory of God, when they finished their shift, you know, they'll, they'll begin to go home, go back to their barracks. But they're like, what? You know, we don't have to walk down these main roads. There's, there's no one on these roads anyway. Let's take a shortcut. And every now and then, they'll take a shortcut through Shamgar's farm. And Shamgar didn't like these alien forces who had invaded their territory. So Shamgar took care of them two by two. 
Then the next day when, they, when the forces gathered and began to give the role, two more were missing. Come on. You start where you are. You use what you have and you do all that you can. Because you know when I first envisioned this story, I kind of envisioned Shamgar with his pointy stick. He's slaying 600 men or this, this farmer. But you know what? He just started where he was, on his farm. Used what he had, an ox goat. And did all he can, two by two. two by, he started a resistance movement. He started a resistance movement. Shamgar used what he had. He started where he was and did all that he could. See, this is the application. This is the application to begin to walk in your purpose, to take back what the devil has taken, to begin to walk in your purpose while God created me. Because for, for a lot of us, for a lot of us, we'll never be on a national stage or a platform. For a lot of us, we, we, we will never become a super pastor. But God will bring people in contact with you. Could be on a bus. Could be in your school. Could be in the mall. Even at Wendy's. Could be anywhere. But use what you have. Start where you are. Do all that you can. Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goat. I love what it says. He too saved Israel. Just one man saved Israel. Just one man. All because he used what he had. He started where he was and he did all that he can. And, they, and he became the leader of Israel and he was known as a judge. You know, 15 years ago, me and my wife and our family, we first stepped into this church 15 years ago. We weren't married when we first came to this church. We're married now, just so to let you know, your senior pastors are married, okay? So I can't do weddings. But we were married when we came here. But do you know what happened when we stepped into this church? We encountered God. And when you encounter the maker, you will discover purpose. And you know what? We didn't wait until we got a whole life. You know what? When, you know, when I, I was just going to sit back and wait till my life is all right, then I'll do something for God. No, we didn't wait for that. We started where we were. And where we were was in our residence. Elliott Street. Shakespeare. Martin Road. These aren't the most desirable places to live in Hamilton. But we started right where we were. And we used what we had. A house. A car. A five-seater car, and at that time, we were a family of seven. It's kind of hard being a family of seven with a five-seater car. But what we did, we opened our, our home to, the, to boys of our neighborhood where they can come and chill. We didn't have much food, but it's amazing what you can do with pasta in a couple of months. Corned beef and spaghetti on toast. And we'll take these boys to church. Our car always had E for enough. We lived 18 minutes, at that time, we lived 18 minutes away from church. And, you know, we'll take, sometimes I'll be three car loads every morning, every Sunday morning to church. And three car loads all, every morning back home. We just started where we were. We just used what we had. Then we got a van. Things changed. But you know what's amazing? That after 14 years, some of these boys are still in this church today. They're still here. They're still coming along. From time to time, they're even on the stage, on the instruments. All because we used what we had. We started where we were, and we did all that we could. 
Do you know that you are so distinctly unique that you've been called with purpose? You are the right person at the right time for the right purpose for what God wants done. Did you know that? The reason why I know that I'm the right person is because when God created me, He did so without any consultation with me. Do you know why I'm here at the right time? Because I was born without Him knowing, telling me when I was going to be born. So therefore, I am the right person at the right time. Just like you were born for such a time as this, that you are the right person at the right time for the right purpose for what God needs done. Every single one of you, God has given you something. You've got to use what you have. You've got to start where you are. You've got to do all that you can. And you begin, when you do that, you begin to take back the purpose of God that the devil has stolen from you. This is why you were born. This is why you were created, so that you will know God, so that you will love God, so that you begin to obey God and lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Because your devotion with God is measured by what you do for people. Amen? Use what you have. Start where you are. Do all that you can. See, right in the beginning, the only problem I had when we first came to this church is that my sin had separated me from God. And because my sin had separated me from God, it had separated me from God's purpose for my life. So I, want to, I can't really finish the service without telling you about a man who used what he had, his blood. He started where he was on a cross. And he did all he could. What was that? He died. He took on himself what you and I would do for our sin. And he extends to everyone today grace and forgiveness for your past. And right now, He wants to give you a new life, and He wants to give you a hope and a purpose and a future and eternity with Him forever in heaven. That's what God wants to do. Jesus used what He had. He started where He was, and He did what He could. And all of life can be summed up in saying, and He too saved all of the world. Use what you have. Start where you are. Do all that you can.